All right, welcome in. It is another edition of R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, the college basketball edition. I am A.J. Hoffman, joined, as always, by Griffin Warner. Griffin, how are you, man? We just watched some NFL. Uh, you are in the Mile High City. Maybe. I, I don't know if you're baked or not. I'm not sure. I can't tell. Not baked. I, I uh, wish I was. Damn. Uh, but... Uh, what did you think of the What do you think of the, uh, the the American football games before we get into this week's college basketball slate? Well, uh, the dogs are barking, which I think anyone who's listening to this podcast for I think, this is our fourth season. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, they know that I'm usually allergic to favorites. I've been working on that uh, with my therapist, with my family members uh, who don't want me to bet, of course. But um, the dogs were barking today, so that was good. Uh, Dan Campbell made me want to. Uh, flip a table for a little while today, but uh, the Lions somehow found a way because they say good teams win and great teams cover. And uh, I will forever remember this Detroit Lions 2023-2024 team as a team that covered before they exited. And my favorite thing I got to say when I bet is uh, when the favorite is celebrating arms in the air. Woohoo! We won, we covered, and uh, or we won, but they did not cover. So that's what I'm looking for, and I'm I'm happy for it. And uh, looking forward to a Super Bowl, which should be pretty fun. Yeah, I'm sure I will uh, bet against Patrick Mahomes for the third straight game and get my <laughs> dick kicked in for the third straight game. Can't wait for that. Yeah, I was the guy with the uh, the Baltimore minus three ticket while everybody else was fighting over, you know, the last four and a half before they had to pay five. I'm like, ha, you idiots. And then it turns out. We were all a bunch of idiots. Uh, any, well, not you, but any of us who were uh, on that Baltimore side. So, uh, but on to the next, of course. And I'll be honest, Griff, this was like my worst college basketball weekend in a long time. Um, this was a rough one, uh, just a rough betting week for me overall. I've been probably way hotter than a normal person should be. I've been on a, a tear that uh, doesn't happen too often. Um, if you bet for a long time, you might have like, you know, one every two or three years. And mine has been going for about six weeks now. So it's been really nice, but all good things come to an end. And I think it came to an end over the weekend, uh, three and seven in my hoops betting on Saturday, not fun, including the Boise boys who go down in overtime, uh, one of two overtime losers I had on Saturday. I did have an overtime winner, though, with Butler, uh, which felt like maybe even the biggest miracle of all. So um, when it was 17 to three to start that game as well, that was a win for the pod. I think we both had Butler this weekend. Uh, yeah. Not sure how it happened, but 17 to three football scores when you're on the home team and they're losing that type of start. Uh, that's usually one you turn the game off and focus on the next bet that you're about to make. Well, that's what we're going to do here because we are co- – this was our second – this is – all season long we've had two of these 0-2 weeks. Uh, you've picked me up when I've been down. I've picked you up when you were down. And um, we've had a, we've had a handful of uh, the 2-0s, and O's, which are always nice. But for the second time this season, we come in off an 0-2. Uh, Penn State didn't get their job done either. So hopefully we got that out of our system. And we can go back to picking winners here, Griffin. So let's uh, let's jump into the card. And we'll start with the ACC. We'll look at Duke as a about a three-point road favorite at Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech is one of these teams that I like. I know they're solid. Uh, they're as far as the the analytics go. They're you know they're respected. Um, 
I don't know that I, the, the Duke is one of these teams that I planned on being against pretty regularly coming into the season. But man, they've had some they've had some pretty solid efforts. Uh, and but now, as I when I went and d- dove into this game today, I was looking at their wins, and I'm like, well, maybe that win wasn't that great after all. And the best win that they've had all season, the, the best two wins that they've had all season, they beat Michigan State on a neutral early in the season. I still don't really know if Michigan State's good or not. Uh, it, I, they got a lot of respect on Friday night at Wisconsin, that's for sure. They did, and I'm I Oops. cashed a nice ticket against <laughs> them. Um, but th- so I'm I'm not a Michigan State believer. Um, but they got they beat them, and their other good win is winning against Baylor uh, in MSG, which you can call a neutral, but it didn't feel very neutral. I mean, they still don't have like a really good ACC win. They've played eight games in the ACC. They probably just got their best win at home against Clemson by one point. So we haven't really seen the best of this team. They've lost. They lost on their home court to Pitt. Uh, they lost to their home court against Arizona, which I don't, I don't know what Arizona is anymore, to be quite honest. So now having to to lay points with them on the road is not something that's totally appealing to me. Um, for a while, I thought maybe, man, Duke's maybe being a little undervalued. But now when I look at their schedule and see that they just they just haven't really played much of a gauntlet, I feel like maybe it, it, I went from thinking they were overrated to now maybe I, I think or underrated to maybe now I think they're a little overrated. Um, and this is a, a a Virginia Tech team that. You know, they've got uh, wins over Iowa State, over Boise State. Um, they they beat that same Clemson team by 15 uh, at home instead of just by a, a measly point. Um, they, abs- they absolutely dominated uh, Georgia Tech over this weekend. I- I'm starting to come around a little on this team. Uh, I love that they make their free throws. Um, I, they're a pretty solid three-point shooting team, which – I think at home that's going to matter. So uh, this is one of those spots where I think I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be liking the the home dog Hokies here. What do you see? Well, I think you and longtime listeners of our College Basketball Edition podcast will know that uh, I am very interested in home underdogs, and I see no reason to uh, veer from that path. Uh, as you mentioned, it Virginia Tech loves to shoot three point shots. Duke is about middle of the road in terms of letting people shoot threes. Uh, I think that plays perfectly into a strategy for Virginia Tech to launch a bunch of shots from out in the perimeter. Do they go in is a big question. Uh, they, I mean, have some really great shooters, and um, it's a little bit hard to predict on three-point variants, unfortunately, in this sport, but that's part of the game and part of what we're betting, and I expect home team to shoot a lot better from three. I'm surprised to see Duke 22nd in the country making 38% of their three-point shots. That's monstrous, and I don't really – feel like they have a ton of great shooters on that team but um hard to argue with the stats at this point in the season 19 games in so um i am cautious against fading duke because i i really like clemson this weekend but i'm still scared of cameron and uh, the nice part about this game on monday night is they don't have uh that crowd fan base anything behind them and they're actually gonna have to go into the castle which is uh, probably the biggest uh like game of the season maybe when virginia comes to town but i think duke is uh forever a favorite of odds makers and uh if you're offered a ticket to a duke game i don't think you pass that up so i'm very interested in virginia tech uh i think you said two and a half was our number is that right uh three going with three 
Oh, even better. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Duke wins by a possession. I, I think, I mean, of course the foul's late. That can skew results. But uh, ultimately, I think this is a Virginia Tech win. Um, so give me the three points. And uh, let's just hope that uh, Hunter Couture doesn't get kicked in the head and get concussed because uh, seemingly <laughs> when they're at full strength, uh, they play pretty well. All right, let's go to the Big East where, like we said, we've got a, a pod win fading Nova uh, against Butler. Do we dare do it again? And I will say this. I tend to like Shaka Smart as a dog of any variety. Uh, we're going to have a real short one here. I'm going to project Marquette as about a plus one, maybe one and a half point dog at Villanova. Uh, and I, I'll, I'm kind of recapping what I said when we talked about Nova against Butler. I, I don't know that this is even like a tournament caliber team. And watching them melt against Butler – didn't really make me feel all that different about it. And um, we saw this this Marquette team over the weekend obliterate Seton Hall, which is a team that's been really frustrating for me all season long, a team that uh, I've tried to to fade in a bunch of spots. And I finally just said, you know what, I, I tap, I submit to you, Seton Hall. And um, then I watched Marquette just absolutely bury them. Uh, I think there's a good chance that that could happen here. And now I know that this is at Villanova. Um, but I, I don't know that the, I, I don't know what I've seen recently is I don't know that these Villanova fans are quite as intense when their team is not all that good. And I watched St. John's go in and boat race them in their building. Uh, it, I saw St. Joe's beat them in their building earlier this year by double digits. I just think this is such a vulnerable team, I, and believe it or not, I think Marquette's the better coach team. So uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking to uh, back the Golden Eagles here as a short dog on the road. What do you think? Well, it's funny. I was uh, so I'm here in in Denver as you already mentioned for a, a wedding of actually big Marquette fans, big Marquette family even. So we watched that game very intently at one of the bars, literally walking distance from the hotel I'm in, and. Uh, it was a little bit nerve wracking early. The the I think the final score I, I think looked really nice for Marquette, but I do feel like there was some limitations with Seton Hall covering for Kadari Richmond not really being the same type of guy that he's been this whole season as their best player. Um, I think what Marquette has shown this year is a lot of inconsistency, and it's hard to really trust who they are. I, I think to your point about the Villanova crowd, uh, that's going to be a huge important piece for them in this game. And I wonder how fed up they are with, with Kyle Neptune. Cause unfortunately, I mean, they're a decent program, but they've lost four straight. They used to, or were making deep runs in a tournament winning national championships. And it's been a pretty rocky road since then. Uh, I'm pretty scared of backing teams that have lost four in a row. Yes. I feel like it's a great spot for them to have a good effort, but they're welcoming a really tough team. They played Marquette relatively close. It looks, I mean, lost by 13, but average score, they were trailing by about four points. Um, and I think the biggest question is how do they handle Igadaro inside? Uh, if he gets in foul trouble, then Marquette is a very beatable team. Uh, if he's not in foul trouble, then Villanova has to defend him. And that to me is a big concern. Does Villanova ever get anyone in foul trouble? I mean, that's, that's what we were talking about. I think on this last show and why we, we pointed to Butler, uh, I don't feel, think we feel great about favorites going, I think they closed the favorite. They're an underdog for a little while, at least the open, but when, when favorites go to overtime, that's the best spot for them. It doesn't make you feel great that they had they need an extra five minutes to win. But I guess what happens when you fall behind seventeen to three or something like that. I just I think Nova 
this is a big kind of stepping stone game for them. This is kind of, maybe determines where their season goes. Sitting 11 and 9, uh, I think ugly records are probably going to be a thing because of so many out of conference games against the elite rather than just playing cream puffs the whole time. Uh, but I think we've talked about we're concerned about this Villanova build, and I'm very concerned because they've got a lot of big names, but they're not the traditional three point sh- shooters that Villanova has been basically made famous for. Um, I think at home, I'll lean to Villanova, especially as a, a small favorite, but they've had really tight wins at home, one point over Xavier. Like, there's not a lot of impressive things to look at besides that incredible tournament run where they knocked off Texas Tech, North Carolina, and Memphis, which might be three tournament teams. Um, I, but that was in November in the Battle for Atlantis, if I remember correctly. So it's hard to really project what they will be. I think I'm going to trust the home court advantage here and that they get up for this game and are probably a little sore from collapsing from literally the best start you could have as a road team thinking like no chance Butler's coming back to cover the spread. And they did. Uh, I think it's a good spot for Villanova uh, to get the best effort. We'll see from them. Can they make enough shots? And unfortunately, as you mentioned, getting Marquette in foul trouble is the way to, I I think to beat them. And if they can't do that, because they shoot a bunch of perimeter shots, then maybe Odaro plays a lot. And this game is uh, really tight at the end. And then maybe the free throws matter, but that's, there's a lot of maybes in this one. So I lean to Villanova at home. Uh, I think Marquette hasn't really shown to be the, the kind of elite team that we were expecting them to be. They could be at some point, but they've, I think, shown enough weaknesses so far that give me the home team, uh, at least until I see a bigger number or Villanova climb to a decent sized favorite, then I think I start to look at Marquette. All right, let's move to the Mountain West where we've got a really interesting game here between Colorado State and San Diego State. And we're going to go with San Diego State, about a two-point road dog here. And this is... First of all, I'll say I like San Diego State's team quite a bit, uh, quite a bit more than I like Colorado State's team. But I mean, the Mountain West has turned into one of these conferences where home court matters a ton. Uh, in fact, the Rams 0-4 in conference away from home, 3-0 in conference at home. Uh, San Diego State has, I mean, their loss, they've lost to New Mexico on the road. They lost to Boise on the road both which are very difficult places to win. Uh, they did get a home or a road win at San Jose State, although it was by three points. And San hey Jose now. State is kind of hey the, the bottom. Uh, well, I don't know if it's them or Fresno who's full bottom in that league right now. But uh, So obviously home court matters quite a bit. But I always go back to the idea that, man, this San Diego State team went into the kennel and got a win. And I know Gonzaga's not Gonzaga, this season, but I mean, that's a, that's a good win. I, I don't care what year it is uh, to go in there and get a win. So um, this, this is a really tough one for me to call. Obviously, you know, Colorado state is, it has been right down the line and Isaiah Stevens plays a lot better at home. Uh, we talked earlier in the season about how Jadon has become kind of this, like a totally different player than what we thought he was a year ago. Like he he took this featured role and really ran with it. Does that travel? Do you think that San Diego state is going to be able to, uh, to, to dominate them and bully them uh, down low? One of the things that, that I kind of, that kind of makes me think that San Diego state is live here is that they're not a team who relies on the three hardly at all. And Colorado State just does not they, – they do not get anything uh, from an offensive re- rebounding standpoint. So um, if you're not getting extra possessions against the San Diego State team, I feel like they're going to kind of 
they're going to have some success inside. Uh, not to say that Colorado State won't have their success inside as well, but um, and, and this is a, another team who gets not a great free throw shooting team, but they get to the line a ton. Uh, I, I think I'm leaning towards another road team here, though. This one, I'm a, I'm a lot more afraid of the uh, the actual home court uh, situation. What do what do you see here? So I think San Diego State is really talented, and I think similar to what I said earlier about Virginia Tech, I feel like they're the biggest game scheduled on the Colorado State schedule uh, from going into the season besides the Colorado in-state rivalry. Um, I think San Diego State, great record, great run the uh, tournament final last year in March Madness, but they still haven't proven a lot to me away from home. Yes, they got past the Gonzaga team that can't shoot threes at all, Um and I felt like it was kind of teeter-tottering for a while, and they had a pretty good run in the second half. Uh, but to me, San Diego State, as you mentioned, they don't rely on the three. I think it's because they don't shoot it very well. And to me, that's a concern when you go on the road because if you're not able to shoot as well inside because ultimately the home team, I think, will get a beneficial whistle. They're able to give a little bit more contact. It won't get called for fouls and such. Um, it's a bit of a weird matchup, though, because Colorado State, they really like to go inside for their scoring. And uh, that's a really scary thing to do. While San Diego State is not the giants of uh, Arizona or other bigger teams across the country, uh, they seem to always play bigger than they are. I feel like they're kind of a, a version of Houston just out west and a little bit lower level of of prospects potentially. Um, I, I think Colorado State's the only way I'd want to lean here just because San Diego State hasn't proven much on the road. I'm still waiting for them to show something, but until they do, I think I'm by default leaning towards the home team. I think Moby Mattis will be wild. Uh, Moby Gymnasium or whatever they call it, I think it will be pretty intense. And uh, I could only, I think, side with the home team here. I, I'm sorry to be boring and loving home teams all over the place, but to me, that's the biggest differentiator in college basketball at this point. You'd like to hope the referees aren't getting impacted by the crowd and the random like uh, decals and big heads in the in in the stadium behind the the goals when people are shooting free throws. But it's just to me um, a, a matter of home court and a team that hasn't shown they can win on the road besides the Gonzaga performance, which maybe they get more of those and this would be a big step in that direction. I'm just going to bet against them, I think, until I see something different. Well, part of what's – and I know that's your sort of your default mode, which is part of what, why I bring up some of these games because sometimes I like to see where that line is between like how much talent matters versus how much the floor matters. Uh, and you know what? We'll, we'll, we've got one more, and I think it's, it kind of follows a similar theme, so I'll see if uh, I can tempt you here with the much better team on the road. Wisconsin, we're going to go minus two at Nebraska – uh, the boys of corn have done a pretty good job at home, knocking off uh, Ohio State and Northwestern their their last couple games. Um, got a big win earlier in the season against Purdue. They beat Indiana at home. Uh, now, outside of Purdue, I'm not sure what I'm not sure if any of those teams are good. Like Northwestern is one of the most confusing teams in the world to me. I, I can't tell if they're good or not. And you can look at them and say, well, they've I mean, they've won three out of four. Like they're they're sitting at six and three in the conference. They've got to be good. I, I, if they're good, why are they why are they still like a, a going to be a fifteen point favor or fifteen point dog at Purdue this week? Like it, it, Purdue's good, so they're capable of beating good teams. I don't know if it makes them good. Wisconsin, I think, is good. Um, Wisconsin now eight and one in conference after smacking around Michigan State. Uh, last week to to wrap up the week, and we we kind of hinted at that game a little bit, a game that you and I were both we both ended up uh, having some action on. 
Um, and this Wisconsin team is really, really, I, I mean, it's one of the more efficient offenses that you're going to find in the country. Uh, they get whatever they want inside unless you are just elite defensively down there. And I guess that brings, that's where we, it brings us to corn is, are they going to be able to keep Wisconsin from getting easy buckets is, is rink mast good enough uh, or Bryce Williams good enough to, to keep these guys away from the basket or does Nebraska's preferred style, particularly we've seen at home, they prefer to have just a ton of shooters on the floor, spreading you out all over the floor, which means they give up a lot of size. Is that a recipe uh, that you think can work against Wisconsin? So what do you think gives in this matchup is home court enough to push Nebraska through again? I, it was a good attempt to get me off my uh, home court bias or love affair or whatever we're calling it, uh, but I don't see a reason to get off of that. Uh, Nebraska, I mean, had about as bad of a performance as you could on the road at Maryland this this weekend. Um, that was one of those. It was on the TV, and I was like, okay, well, that's 22 points and doesn't seem to get, be getting better for a long, long time. So it was easy to be like, okay, I think I know the result of this one. Uh, and Rick Mass, speaking of, I think dropped 33 uh, midweek last week. Uh, and then uh, in a postgame interview said, you know, we just we need to win a road game. We haven't done that. Uh, maybe not. Maybe they did win a road game, but at least not one impressed enough to him in that interview. And he's basically like, we need to get a road dub. And they did not do that. However, they are at home at the uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena which not a lot of teams can go in there and steal a victory. Uh, Wisconsin could be one of those, of course. And as a road favorite, I think I'm automatically looking at an underdog, but uh, Wisconsin been really impressive. And I think part of, I mean, you were on it. I know with Wisconsin that, that kind of pushed me into saying, you know, this kind of feels like we start the weekend with seeing how good Wisconsin is. And I think they were uh, in a pretty tight game with, with Michigan state for a little while, but they kind of, kind of ran away with it pretty pretty easily and it seemed like the second half was a dominant performance for them i think when you go on the road you need to be consistent with how you play and you need to basically win both halves to win a game uh no matter how big that, that first half lead is unless it's just uh completely out of hand but uh nebraska i mean they're missing juan gary still hasn't returned from an injury and that does limit their uh athleticism inside i think uh but i'm still a believer in rake mask i think he's a good matchup for like 610 foreign i think from the netherlands or something like that not not exactly the uh big guy that you'd be hoping but i, I feel like he matches up well with the crowd or, or wall type of front court um there's not a lot of depth there unfortunately josiah alec is filling in for gary and there's not really a lot behind them so uh that could be a big point of concern but for me most of the time i'm deferring to home court advantage helping with the refs so i think wisconsin has has proven a lot of us uh I, I don't know if it's right or wrong necessarily. I mean, they're awesome. And everyone talks about Purdue is the best team with the biggest chance to go deep in the NCAA tournament, but they couldn't get past a 16 seed last year. So to me, Wisconsin's the best team in the conference, but I do feel like this is another test for them to show how good they can be. I mean, they've already won at Michigan state. They've done, I think enough to show they can win games, but especially if they're a favor on the road, I can only look at the home team in general. That's, that's not a forever rule for me, but it's pretty close to that. And uh, I think Nebraska is talented enough that they can get going in that home venue. Um, and I think if they're an underdog at home, I, I think I'm going to have to lean that way. Uh, I don't know necessarily that I'd play it, but I, I think if we get any sort of Gary news, that'd be huge for some depth. And uh, I just, I'm still not fully a believer that this offense can really deliver like it has all year, like Wisconsin has so far. Uh, AJ store seems awesome. And I don't know exactly how they stop that, but 
Um, I feel like Fred Hoiberg finally has a team in the best position he's had it at Nebraska. When I think there was a lot of talk about him potentially not lasting longer than this season. So give me the home team. And uh, it's another chance, I guess, for Wisconsin to pass the test. I just don't feel like they're going to continue winning all these games. And after watching them really struggle with Minnesota, I feel like they're a little bit more vulnerable as most teams are away. So give me the, the home corn, as you like to call them. All right. Uh, again, coming off our first 0 and 2 best bets, we've got to change it up. Um, so before we jump into it, we're, we're, you're going to go first this week. But first, tell the people how they can save some money at pregame.com. Yeah, before you get into our best bets, uh, which we will avenge that 0 and 2, I'm hoping I'm feeling a 2 and 0 coming this, this week. Uh, use the promo code LAYUP20, good for $20 off for all listeners of this college basketball podcast, good for seven days from the podcast release. Unfortunately, as we switch into February, that makes my math a little bit questionable. Uh, but I guess you're probably seeing this on the 29th, or maybe if you're really dedicated, going late night on Sunday, January 28th. We appreciate that. Uh, but throw that promo code in there, LAYUP20, good for. 20 bucks off any sort of package on the site. I'm doing soccer. I'm sure AJ's doing a lot of UFC. Uh, and there's plenty of other great handicappers that have been super hot. And I think AJ's plus 65 units or something like that in the NFL so far. I don't think you can lose it all in the Super Bowl. So I know you're going to finish off a really <laughs> great season. Uh, but with that said, use the promo code LAYUP20. Good for 20 bucks off. And we have packages going with the rest of college basketball season. I know a lot of people are kind of drifting away from the footballs because there's not too much left in that sport. So come up with we bounce the ball. It's a little bit different of a sphere, uh, but it still pays you the same amount if you win your bet. So use that promo code LAYUP20, and we get a little credit for you. All right, let's get into best bets. My game is on Friday, so it, I think it makes most sense. Or actually, my, my on Thursday, so it'll be on the – when we record our next pod, it'll be uh, probably be just finishing up when we get started. So you take the lead. Where are you going for this week's games? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, 
Are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. I am going, uh, I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, based on what you've heard so far in this podcast, uh, I do like home teams. And uh, AJ projected Indiana two-point underdog at home to Iowa uh, coming up. I think this is a Tuesday matchup. And uh, I like the Hoosiers at home. I think they have a great home court advantage. And I'm really looking to be against Iowa as much as I possibly can be. Uh, They're a terrible three-point shooting team. Indiana's not good either. Uh, but I expect Indiana to shoot better at home. And Iowa just doesn't really seem to be a team that can shoot threes. They don't want to. And Indiana's best, I think, at defending in the interior. At least they have the size to do it. So I'm a believer that Indiana is going to make a run towards getting in the NCAA tournament. It's been tough for them over the years, with many different coaches, to live up to expectations because they're really unrealistic. Uh, but I think Iowa has kind of shown that they're – I think outperforming their metrics and who they are. And I, I just don't really believe uh, in Iowa. Plus you might get a free two points from Fran McCaffrey getting a technical. So give me Indiana plus two. I think I'll play them. I'm pretty interested in them as, as a, some sort of favorite even, but I'll, I'll try to grab it up to like a minus three. So I'll give you a big range there, but anything Indiana get laying less of a possession or especially as an underdog, go grab that. That'll be my best bet for this episode. All right, I'm going to go to Thursday, like I said, and that means I'm going to the Pac-12, where I'm hoping that uh, I, I think you and I, I guess, like you said, hopefully for your, if, if you like your side, that uh, home home court works out. And if you're like me and you think that sometimes talent trumps home court uh, or coaching can trump home court, then hopefully I'm on the right side of this one. I'm going to take a very, very short road dog. Uh, I'm going to go with the Oregon Ducks at the USC Trojans and – this is not the USC team we thought it was going to be coming into the season. Not, it's not even close, to be honest. And uh, Boogie Ellis came back against UCLA after missing three games. And boy, um, he probably should have taken another day off uh, if he was going to come <laughs> back and look the way he looked. Uh, four turnovers, uh, a 62 rating uh, for mm. Boogie, which is his Average second is lowest right? of the yeah. season. Uh, yeah, he is very, very solid typically. He was bad against UCLA. And I think that's that's even more compounded when Isaiah Collier's out. And I don't expect Isaiah Collier to be back. Uh, he's missed the last four games. Um, not surprisingly, th- that coincides with uh, a four-game losing streak for USC. We talked about Isaiah at the beginning of the season and how he was just, I mean, he was just nuclear early in this season and he was winning games on his own. Uh, I think back to that game against Seton Hall, uh, Kansas State to start the season where he just took over the games. And I, I think without him, USC doesn't have that. And which means against, or against Oregon, you know what it's going to, what's going to happen is Oregon's going to make you make shots and USC doesn't shoot a bad percentage, but it's certainly not the game that they want to play is is chucking threes. It's not something that they're great at. Uh, it's not how their team is built at all. So uh, I, I think that this is one of those games where coaching and Dana Altman being able not, – not that I think that Dana Altman somehow like the um, 
there has some huge edge over Andy Infield. I like Andy Infield too, but I do think that in this particular matchup, Dana Altman's style is going to give this USC team some trouble. Uh, I, I just feel like they're sputtering, and Oregon lost a couple a couple of road games uh, earlier in the season, but that was the Colorado Utah trip, and I think every other trip in the conference is different than that one like that one is I get it I I don't fade that I don't bet against Colorado at home I don't bet against Utah at home uh but the same Oregon team went and swept the Washington schools uh you know the, a couple weeks before that so I, I in Washington so I feel like they can travel um and catching a USC team just while it's not what people think it is and people who are like excited that Bronny James is going to get those minutes instead of Collier don't really they're not they're not watching uh Bronny James is not Isaiah Collier so uh I'm going to take advantage of that either maybe no I don't think he is I don't think he is um so I'm going to go with the Ducks here on the road short road favorite looking at about a one point favorite at USC yeah, there was some big movement. I think we were talking about it actually with the UCLA number. Um, open four and a half, like got hit all the way down to one. I don't know if it then climbed because of Boogie Ellis's return and that news coming out. But I think uh, that's what it was. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter. They got blown out anyway. Yeah, uh, maybe it's time to start back in Mick Cronin. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't think that's what it is. I think this is that was way more of a uh, a USC problem sure, than a sure. U- UCLA's got things fixed uh, situation. But who knows? Maybe, maybe they are turning things around. It's it's not as embarrassing as it was uh, a couple weeks ago, at least. Mm. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you guys riding with us and, uh, and and coming along for the listen. Tell your friends. Tell them to leave a review. Tell them to say nice things about us. We appreciate that. Griffin, good luck to you this week. Hopefully, uh, this this week treats me better than the weekend did. I got a, I got a feeling it's got to. I mean, Nowhere it, to go just, but up, AJ. Come on. I think that's what they say. Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate the listeners. And we will talk to you guys on Thursday for the weekend episode.